What's your name? Zoom. Zoom. Zoom with a shot. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Zoopcast. I'm Adam, joined as always by Louis and Josh. This is episode 51. We're coming off of 50, so this is a new 50. We're in a new segment of 50. I say segment because a lot of a lot of coaches a, like to talk a about new segments. segment of 50 where yeah. Josh will hopefully miss less than 12 episodes this time around. Is, is that your goal, Josh? Miss less than 12? It seemed like it from last goal. episode. My, my goal is to miss more than 12. <laughs> well, you're off to a bad start right now because you're on track to. I will. Role. I will miss less than 12. That's okay. My goal. There you go. You heard it here first. Clip that. Where, 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 we where that. else would where else would they hear it? <laughs> okay man we're we're uh we're gonna get started here uh the sends are they the last time that we talked about the sends i believe they were 0-2 right? yes yeah quite the uh, turnaround we uh they they have decided that they would like to win and that's pretty awesome and then here's the thing we're gonna we're gonna delve into everything that's happened um but but just in a big picture context I think it's it's fair to say they could be six and zero right now, right? Like that those first two games they could have won those first two games. Um, but that being said, they, they, with decent performances, they get the two losses there and they rally off four straight at home. Um, before we we get into the specifics and and each game and the players, uh, Josh, we'll start with you. Are you happy with four and two? With what? Sorry. With oh, four, four and two. Four and two. Yeah. Yes. Well, considering it was 0-2, I don't know how I could be upset. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, like... Okay, but yes, well, overall, yeah, especially considering if a couple bounces go their way, they could be 5-1 and one right now. Yeah. Like, they, they deserve to lose the Leafs game. I mean, they were on the road, too. Like, it doesn't help. But, like, they, they should have won the Buffalo game. So, like, all things considered, they've outplayed every team they've played so far, except for the Leafs game. So, they could be 5-1. and one. So, yeah, definitely no complaints. And the fact that it wasn't like four and zero start and then lose two. Like I'm happy that they're rolling now as opposed to slowing down. Yes, this is this is true. It is good that they are starting to roll. And and, and Louis Josh talked about how the Sens have deserved to win every game besides maybe the Leafs game, which was a one goal game, could have gone either way. Um, this is cool when you think you know it's okay when you think they played like Arizona and they played a totally injured Boston team, but they beat Dallas the other day. And yeah, they had Scott Wedgwood who looked like prime Hassock in the second period by the way let's calm most, down Scott. most of the like, second yeah, like, <laughs> yeah after well, the Shabbat yeah. goal maybe not as much but you know still either way i mean he was like flopping around and he made that crazy like on his side say yeah on the, the that was ridiculous um but uh but the point being is they beaten a good team here in dallas who had not lost in regulation until they played the Sens. How cool was that? And are you more convinced that the Sens are a little bit for real now after that that game? The thing is, I feel like given the fact that it was so close earlier on in the other games, or maybe not, well, close in terms of the losses and the dominant in the wins, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's not as much of a, oh, look at us now kind of vibe, but more of a reaffirmation, right? And I think we'll really be able to tell if anything, was it Thursday we play Minnesota? Yep. 
where I really like their their forward core and how they can interchange everything. Like they've got Kaprasov and Zuccarello, who I don't think they split up, but everyone's all about put Hartman or Freddie Gaudreau there with them. And they're currently rolling Rossi and Boldy on the second line. And then their decor is just stacked with Spurgeon, Brodeen, Addison, all those guys. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how they play against a, a more balanced lineup. Because if you look at Dallas, they have a high skin end on the back end, who's I'm a big fan of his, like kind of uh, if we've been able to see Sanderson play this year, I feel like Heiskanen's the the fully upgraded version of that. But the thing is, after that, you have maybe Essa Lindell. Like the problem is, you're rolling out Yanni Hockenpah in the third pair. Who, like they're he not. Was, he was around last game. I heard his name. Yeah. A lot. He's he, hey, top five in league in pims, and he added to that yesterday. <laughs> yeah, so. that's right. But that's the thing. They're not as balanced, right? They yeah. you were able to pretty much focus uh, the Robertson Hints Pavelski line. I didn't really notice Mason Marchment much out there yesterday, except but... for the dive. Except for the dives. <laughs> true, true, true. But that's the thing, exactly. They don't have they don't have the balance about the lineup that we'll be able to see against Minnesota. And I think that would be a bigger test. Minnesota has had a tough start to the year. They're one three and one. Um yeah, that's so gonna I, I know they've had goaltending. <laughs> yeah, they've had goaltending issues. They've had, yeah. They've had bad advanced numbers too. Like they're eighteenth in the league in expected goals. They're it, it's their expected goals against are good. It's their expected goals for. Like they're not creating much offense. Thing is, they all. have the skill to be able to, you know, transfer that into actually good, like yeah. outperform their expected chances, and especially grow on the the poor start they've had. Especially given you have a guy like Rossi who's just getting acclimated and like may have been scratched early on too, so he might just be finding his footing. He would be a huge boost on the second line if he can cement himself there. Yeah, they're they're twenty second in expected goals for per sixty and sixteenth, so league average in expected goals against per sixtieth. So like they haven't looked amazing so far i've literally only seen like one period of them playing and it was against boston on an afternoon game and i was only playing half attention wait you said they but were like, one three and one right yeah yeah so their one win was against vancouver in overtime <laughs> yes. yeah that's right yeah they we, also okay, you know teach what? the bruins can we talk about vancouver for just a second here the the sens are used to being the brunt of a lot of jokes in the last few years about poor starts and piling on losses and being already destroyed by November, right? It seems like this year's sends are past that. But that means they have to be, you know, succeeded by a new team who can take their place in this echelon of garbage. And that appears to be the Vancouver Canucks. I don't know if you guys have seen some of the quotes that have come out. Especially um, JT Miller really. JT ones. Miller's yeah. going freaking sicko boat here. Like he is just not a whole no filter. He's like, what did he say about the jersey? He's like, they pay so much money for this, they do whatever they want. <laughs> oh, he's got <laughs> like, a point. <laughs> like, yeah. He does. It's just like and, and the coach, or like I think it was Boudreaux, was like, We're like, we're terrible right now. Like he's just straight up like we had a bad like remember he's like, we had a terrible camp <laughs> and we were not ready to start the year. And now look at us and we're we're bad. It's like so strange. Like I've never seen a team just like give up and surrender almost like be fair so quickly in a league where so much is like just mild it out before being said i love how brutally honest the canucks are right now yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like at least in the sense last few years you'd have us win maybe the or usually the first game and then another one around yes. like game four or five they just can't even get a single win like their loss in minnesota was hilarious with jt miller and tyler myers and whoever else was on the ice just floundering around in the crease on their ass yeah. and then <laughs> kaprasov just getting a whole five seconds to shoot it into an empty net it was so funny but I don't I don't think it's gonna get better either. Like Quinn Hughes just got on IR. Uh 
Yeah. Because Menko and Patterson have at least been playing well from what I've seen. But the rest of the team, it's been... <laughs> They're not trying to win, though. That's what you have to consider. How often they want Bedard, does a right. player... Yeah, how often is there a player who projects to possibly be a top three player in the league who so obviously loves your team, right? Like, he is one of the yes. biggest, most out-there Canucks fans out of all the prospects I've ever thought of. Yeah. Like, this guy, lo- he, Tyler Mott is his favorite player. So he now is on the sense. He's a sense fan now. But and he said he said like last week that after the Canucks lost to the Bruins in the Stanley Cup final, he cried for a week straight. Like yeah. this is stuff that he's still giving out in his draft year. Like this yeah. guy loves the Canucks. You know, like we're seven games in, they don't have a win. They'd have to go, they'd have to probably play at like 110, 120 point pace just to possibly make the wild card. Although it is the West. I mean, everyone's making it's not only the West. The West it's the if, you, if you can get four yeah. lines out there on a nightly basis, you're making the playoffs in the Western Conference. <laughs> but, like, seriously, if you're a Vancouver fan, you, right, like, you're already upset. Why not? Like, there's no, you're not going to make the playoffs at this point. Probably not. And your best defenseman and best overall players injured. Just hope that you can get a guy who would absolutely love to play for your team probably his entire career. Like, yeah, I know we're only seven games in, but that should honestly be the goal at this point. So listen to Bo. This is Bo Horvat, who is a, and I think he's a pending UFA, I believe. Bo Horvat is he not? Oh, that's a good question. Either this year or next? But yeah, either way, we'll let you guys look that up. This is Bo Horvat on the Canucks. We ha- uh, It's been a he lot of pending. years in yeah. the rebuild stage, and at this point in the season. Listen to what he says. At this point in the season, we are, what, five games in? It just feels like it's never going to happen. Like, we're never going to win again. This man is saying, at this point in the season, five games into the season. Like, I I agree with Josh 100%. Why are you not taking? Your whole team just gave up already. Also, (laughs) like, think of how much... I know it's, like, hindsight's 2020, but if they traded JT Miller, they'd be in such a good position right now. Because not only are you slightly worse, I mean, it's not like JT Miller's made a positive impact, but now you're stuck with his contract for a long time. Yeah. Instead of getting at least a first and a high end prospect, because he just came off what? Well, what did he have? 95 points last year? Something like that? that much again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if yeah, he does, it's 80 power play points, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good for fantasy, but not so I, much for I the actual believe- on ice product. So, I can't believe Bo Horvat is saying that. That's yeah, the captain, so, right? Bo so Horvat's you, the captain. Exactly. So you could have traded Miller. You could trade Horvat either now or at the deadline, right? Like, I'm not going to say Ottawa would trade for him because I'm just going to use Norris's injury as an example, but teams are going to get desperate yeah. for that type of player, right? A guy who can slot into your second-line center basically flawlessly because he's definitely a 2C. And then, but, but now you're stuck with this insanely huge contract, and they probably still will trade Bo Horvat, but your biggest trade chip is now probably going to be dead cap for the next six to what is it? Would you spend seven years? JT uh, Miller. I uh, I can check here. Either way, oh, you get the yeah. idea, right? It's just I mean, like it's it's funny that we're having this conversation again because it feels like JT Miller has been like on the trade bait board for the last like five yeah, years. Seven like, years, fifty-six mil. Yeah. So he's go. he's there until twenty thirty. Like <laughs> You, I think it didn't. It doesn't take a genius to just look at the team. Like, I would say Vancouver is my second favorite team. Like, I, I like watching the Canucks, although not so far this year. But, <laughs> like, it's easy to see that they are just stuck in mediocrity, like the Sens were for the, you know, from like 2012 to 2017. You know, it was like, big... oh, we make the playoffs. Big mediocrity fan. Yeah. I was no, you're, so. I was going to say, are you a big Tucker Pullman fan? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm so happy like, he's no longer on the Jets. Oh my god, <laughs> they made zero improvements to their blue line, and you can already see it when made it worse. the number one guy gets injured, right? Like yeah. they're basically competing with the Florida Panthers for the worst decor in the NHL. Yeah, the the Panthers, by the way, who are people are are call, are you know calling to win the Atlantic. Some people have what a top four right now of like Mark Stahl, Gustav Forsling, uh. And Brandon Montour and Josh Mahura or Raptor yeah, is Vitas? Montour back? I think he, he was is. injured. Oh, they also no. just got Eric Stahl on a one. Yeah, Montour's four games. That team is old and and bad. Honestly, they're four one and one though. So I don't to care. be fair, however, they're playing short by expected goals and project the entire season standings. Florida is doing okay. They're fifty-two percent. Well, well, let's like every team in the Atlantic right now is doing okay. Yeah. Well, something like. Five, four, five Eastern teams are at or below 500, and 10 Western teams are at or yeah. below 500. But here's what I'm going like, to say. Here's what I'm going to say. People have been, like, I have friends who follow, like, like casual Sens fans and, like, casual hockey fans. They're like, oh, the Sens are good this year. I'm going to start following the Sens. And, and they are, like, very standings-driven. Like, even this early in the season, they're very standings-driven. And so they're looking at the standings, and they're like, Adam, why is every team above 500 in the Atlantic? Like, this is stupid. I thought the Sens were supposed to be good. Here's my advice to you people, okay? I take it you or, people. Or don't take it. Whoa. Don't, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. We're not – that's not what you people means in this scenario. But here's my suggestion to you lovely people all over the earth. Don't look at the standings ever until January. Don't even bother. It's literally not worth your time. The standings do not mean anything Wait, until January. What do you mean? Are you because, trying to tell me that Buffalo is going to finish, not going to finish ahead of Toronto and Tampa? <laughs> like, what, isn't Montreal above 500 right now? Like, no, they're 500. They're last. Uh, okay, now. but, but they like, finally the, the number one. Is, the dominoes at 500. <laughs> yeah, the, the point is, none of this matters right now. The only reason that people are looking at the standings is which is valid is because the Sens are finally good and they have a winning record and it's cool to see that they have a winning record in the standings but the, the standings mean nothing until at least january like nothing has been settled no teams have gone on you know have settled into their own or gone on runs or whatever like let's wait for things to even out then check the standings see where the Sens are and see where they match up and then you can get a little scared or a little excited but right now, think, the standings mean nothing, and it should all be yeah. focused on just the sense. Don't even look at anyone else. Yeah, the two biggest like examples of that in the Atlantic are Buffalo and Detroit, who are like third and fourth right now. Buffalo's both, been playing well though, haven't they? Like they they have AJ, one of the worst defenses. Paterka, yeah, Paterka Worky looks good. Is a nickname that we that's given that's him. a shout out to our video editor Aaron, who uh, yeah. came up with the incredibly creative and good. J- John Jason Paterky Worky. He's a Bruins fan. Uh, oh my god! No, he's a Sabres Whoa. fan. So let's go on and slander his team. They have looked. Owen terrible Power overrated. <laughs> Aaron, Owen Power Aaron, is need, not. You need to great. make a video at this clip, by the way, Aaron. Um, but they're four one and zero. Jay Fresh put out a thing. Uh, it was like team goals above expected goal differential or goal differential above expected, and the Sabres in five games have outperformed their expected goal differential by eleven goals. On average, they're scoring two goals more or giving up two goals less than they should. So that's like a huge... Yeah, so So they can literally be two and three or one and four, but instead they have 22 goals and 11 goals again. That is an insane swap. Rasmus Dunlin has a goal in each of the five games they played? Yeah, one in each. That's crazy. That's a record. Longest, yeah, yeah. Even at four, it was an outright record, but (laughs) five goals to start the season for a defenseman... (laughs) 
best Norris. of all time in NHL yeah. history. I'm so Grab happy I have him in, the in all my fantasy leagues. There you go. I, like I have him, Robertson, and Hughes in all in like all my leagues. That's like my trio I'm going with, and uh, Dolly's yes, been carrying the, uh, all of my teams. The, the moral of the story here is teams will fall off and teams will shoot up, and let's give it a second for that to get going here. No one should Wait, be standings focused right I'm now. I'm not done my slander. Okay. My slander fast. Keep going. The other team, who's even worse than Buffalo so far, is the Red Wings. Now, I know they're missing Vrana, and I hope he comes back sooner rather than later. Like, of course, nobody really Wait, knows he's still what's gone. happening, but hopefully. Oh, oh no, he's in the, Vrana, in the, yeah. the program, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly, yeah. And Bertuzzi's out, but Bertuzzi's not a very good hockey player, let's be honest. <laughs> this guy only scores against bad teams for some odd reason. Um, but anyways, they like I don't know what it is with their top players, but I think only like four players on their team have like a positive goal share different. Like like they just like Lucas Raymond looks like an HL player so far. Yeah, he's and I know that in ten either. games, and I know that in ten games a bunch of these players are gonna be doing well. And if any nonsense fan ever like finds us in clips that we're gonna get absolutely ridiculed. But like <laughs> so far, Dominic Kubalik leads that team in points. <laughs> He has eight points in five games. Oh. And on top of that, he has a 31% expected goals. And he has Damn. somehow his eight points that in might five be games. A, that might be an increase on last year. I, yeah. Like he was so and then, bad last And then if you continue for worst expected goals on the team, it's Dylan Larkin at 32%, Raymond at 34%, Perron at 39%. Like, all their top players have been getting caved in, but they somehow are the only team without a regulation loss in the NHL. That's ridiculous. That's insane. That just goes to show, like, you know, how the standings really don't matter at this time Thank of year. Thank you. All is a point per game. <laughs> That's what they're relying on. To how's Sherrod doing? How's, yeah, how's okay. the best Sherrod uh, doing on there? He has 42% expected goals. That's probably good for him. That's great Which has for him. dragged down. Cider's at 49%, which would obviously be higher without considering his peers that's the, pretty incredible yeah, yeah they have five players over 50 percent, and it's literally their third and fourth lines yeah so their Valeno, third line's Suter, the biggest line ever oh yeah yeah and then their third line has 55 60 and 61 percent expected goals that's literally their entire team right now <laughs> and like, it's, it's rasmussen guy, has yeah. been their best player so their entire team is elmer soderblom uh who else is on that oscar sunfist oscar sunquist and michael the, rasmussen. oscar sunquist the shortest guy on that line at like six four yeah ridiculous <laughs> Yeah, the and they're wings, the best line. We'll see what happens with the wings. I'm they're gonna fall off, according to Josh, and honestly, me too. I agree with that. But but folks, this is this is what we're trying to say here. No, no standings for you. No more. Stop looking at the standings. Um, let's talk about the sends a little bit more here because they've played a few games and and a lot of things have happened. Uh first of all, who was at the home opener? Louie, you were at the home opener. Yeah, I was at the I was home not. opener. Josh had class. How was class, Josh? It was good. Okay. Had a little, it wasn't a test, but you know, it was something of something similar. I had to be in attendance, or else I would right. lose like ten percent of my grades. Yeah. You know? That's so the sends the sends aren't worth ten percent of your grade. Well, um, worth how dare you, Josh? Right. Well, you're off the pod. Um, but but Louie and I had a had an excellent time at the home opener. It's great. Um, packed house for the first time in ages, and it was Not really packed. cool. Over-packed. It was overpacked. Yeah, overpacked. Yeah. It was 106% capacity. I believe the attendance was 19,811. Yeah. Uh, and man, they were into it. Like, the fans were so into it. Here's what I will say there's a lot of things to be said about that game. Here's what I will say that is the loudest, best Zoob chant I've ever heard when he scored. Because when he scored, people were like, oh, that goal. And then immediately they saw who it was. 
and immediately you could hear like the zooms. You didn't even wait to for Jonathan Trache to announce it on the PA. Like it was like just going for for a while. It was awesome. Seven five. It's a twelve goal game. You can't really ask for much more than that. Everybody friggin' scored. Like Giroux scored. There was was that the Debrinket empty no. netter game? Oh, that was, was Washington. Yeah. Or or Washington. Yeah, that's right. But uh, but either way, the home opener was freaking awesome. Uh, Louis, do you have any other thoughts on on that game? No, it, it was just so sick. Like I was trying to place it on top, on top of the uh, my the my favorite games that I've been to so far. And it's definitely top three, just yeah, because be like we're yeah. we're ushering out of the rebuild. The the that's maybe the loudest I've ever heard the CTC at least up there. What's your number because, one? It's so the top three currently. It's that. It's the uh, game against Pittsburgh during the yes, Hamburg so back. So yes. I was, I was at that yeah, game. I was yeah. There. yeah, I was there. Yeah, that would be my number one. Yeah, I think yeah, that that's my number one currently. And then my number two would be game six against Pittsburgh uh, in 2017 during the playoff run. Oh, one. Yeah, that was a good one. I've been, when... I've been to two playoff games and they lost both. So I don't think I'm going to go if they make it this year. Think... It was against the two games against Boston. They only lost two oh. against Boston. So game one and game five? <laughs> yeah. No, so I was at game five. That was the game? double overtime. Yeah. Sean Brawley scored. And it was like, yeah. come on. Like, what a joke. I, Adam, um, were we watching game one, I think, at your place? Yeah, we yeah. were. And then that when Marsh, Marshan, or it was like Frank Vetrano scored, or, or Marshan scored to make it like 2 1 Bruins at the end. Of the, the yeah. Third. And we After were like, Bobby oh, Ryan had a great goal. Yeah. yeah that was that's unfortunate. Right. Um, oh. I feel like another candidate for loudest the CTC has ever been. I was not at this game. But on TV, it seemed when FNUF scored in overtime in game two of the Boston. Yeah. Seriously, that's the loudest TV, like on TV, that's the loudest reaction to a goal I've ever heard at the CTC when, when FNUF scored that overtime. Yeah. I think that deserves an honorable mention at least. Um, yeah, I think that's up there. I was, I was at the game. I was at the game years ago. I was at, first of all, I was at the line brawl game. The Montreal line brawl game was loud. Nice. But that was, there was a lot of Habs fans there, so it was not as loud. The loudest maybe I've been there for a game was when Colin Greening scored an overtime goal against the Penguins. Yes. And it was like set up by like Andre Benoit. And yeah. Was that the was that the one where Alfie tied it shorthanded in the last yeah. minute? Yeah. 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 That, that was, was cool. That was allowed. That think... that build, that was allowed building. Um. I think... But the home opener was right up there. Hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. Close. The the loudest I think I've heard, not a goal chant, but a ref you suck chant, was the game against the it, it, I guess I have gone to three playoff games, but it was it was way before and I was way younger. It was against the Habs. It was game five, I believe. Remember when they went down three nothing to the Habs? Yes, it was the Hammond. That was and the Hammond. They, yeah, it was game six, because they made it three two. And this was yeah, and they were I think at this point they they were tied. And Carey Price made a save, but it got squeaked to his right. And oh, they whistled yeah. it down, but Pajot oh. tapped it in. Yeah. Would have yeah. made it a 1 1 game. And instead, yeah. they waved it off. And then they ended up giving up an empty net or losing two zip. So I could have sent them to game seven. That's right. That, that refuse suck chant after that was the loudest I've ever heard in Arena saying the same thing, except for when Zub has the puck. <laughs> True. <laughs> Yeah. The Zoob the yeah. Zoob chants are really cool. Like they are they are totally like now normalized in Ottawa hockey culture. Yeah. Like it was at and, and so Lou, well, all three of us were at the Arizona game. And yeah. 
it was not a sold out crowd. It was still decent. I believe the attendance was like 15. It was a little and, over 15K, yeah. And it, the Zoom chants were loud. Like they were still going. Like people were still on the, on the Zoom train. You can hear it on TV when you watch the games. Like I mean, hey, they was, were still they were still going. Not quite as loud because the the house wasn't as packed. But no, um, but yesterday it was night, still there. Yeah, Josh and I we were there. at the Dallas game, and every time he touches the puck, sure enough, yep, <laughs> Zoom chants were going. So, um, but yes, the the home opener, very very good atmosphere, uh, heck of a game. I mean. What more do you want from a home opener, really? Like, it was awesome. Uh, the Senators, as we speak, are on a four-game winning streak. When's the last time we've said that in a meaningful, meaningful context? Oh, okay. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice try, smartass. The, the, uh, the Sens are on a four-game win streak, and the vibes are great, man. How about friggin' Shane Pinto? I'd like to talk about Shane Pinto. Because when I – so I – and go, you know, we, we talk on the Scoopcast and we talk about players and stuff. And like, we've talked about Pinto and I feel like I've never really like, under, I've never been able to have an opinion on Shane Pinto because I never really feel like I've seen him play, you know, like he's got like, what, like 17 NHL games before this year spread out over two seasons with a bunch of injuries. I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. And now here he is just ripping up the NHL, like really, really good every game. He's got like, what, five game goal streak right now, Shane Pinto. Yeah. Um, and that that goal against Dallas yesterday was a friggin' nip. Oh my god! Just so out of nowhere. Yeah, like I was like, what the heck? It was gross. Uh, what are we thinking about Shane Pinto, guys? Because I'm, I'd say I'm a, I'm a big fan. Do we think he's a Calder favorite? The Calder favorite right now? Right now, I don't know about just because the, we're so close. early, and we're looking just at goals. I would say possibly the only other guy I could think of because at the end of the day, it normally comes down to points or like you know perceived. Right, nobody's gonna look at expected goals and be like, "Yep, that's Mike Calder pick." Because if they did, I think Sanderson could be. Yeah, in the front I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, but the only too. other player I could think of would be Addison right now, I, even yeah. though all his points are basically on the power play. Veneers is at five points in seven games, but Perfetti's five goals five. in six games. Sorry, Perfetti's at five also. Five points? Yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, Perfetti's offense looks not so good, and his, he looks like a defensive player for some reason. Like his his honest numbers, he looks more like a defensive guy with like a couple points. But Lou, are you no. gonna answer to this jet slander? <laughs> no, I'm used to it at this point. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has five goals, but I don't know. He hasn't been as dominant five v five as you'd hope for a third line. But I guess they might be getting some tougher matchups to let the top six play easier lines. Um, yeah. But I'd want to see his expected goals come above 50%, considering he's basically the only non-fourth liner and non-Nikita Zaitsev player below 50%. Like, everyone else is above 50 So that's the only issue I would say I've had so far. Yeah, I, I that's the thing. I If we were looking at expected goals or stuff, like, Sanderson would obviously be, like, up there. And it's not just the, the impact he's had there, like, offensive zone, neutral zone, driving play, but his transition defense has just been a masterclass. Like the with the way he just defends rushes and actually uses Hamannick to, to like in combination <laughs> with him to his advantage to prevent chances off the rush. And he's not only been doing that, but I've seen Brandstrom increase his his capability to suppress chances off the rush too. In general, it's been great on the defense for this. But anyway, that's not part of the Calder uh, conversations. But yeah, I. I think, I guess, Pinto would be number one, right? I, I don't think anyone else 
is really challenging him right now. As Josh said, Kalen Addison may be up there, and I think his production might be a little more sustainable given Pinto's probably got some of the highest finishing in the league right now. Uh, and Addison's actually probably going to be playing first power play unit with, with guys like Kaprasov and Zuccarello in Minnesota. So it's it's going to be close. We'll we'll see over the next little bit. Maybe, who knows? Maybe next game will be will be the the big Calder faceoff because you have three three possible high end. Uh, determine who wins it. Yeah, exactly. Straight up. Well, uh, yeah, that'll be a good game against Minnesota. Louis brought up Eric Brandstrom, who has had a very good start to the year. A lot of people, including myself, had their doubts. Say, sorry, about. can you say that again? Say it again, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if I heard it. Oh, my gosh. Shane, uh, Eric Branstrom's been good. Wow. Clip it. One second TikTok video. <laughs> Eric Branstrom's we, we, we were at the game the other day, basically, and I was like, Adam, like you're basically going to have to go on the Zoocast and admit that Branstrom's been good. Because as people who have been listening for a while know, I've been the biggest Branstrom truther ever. And That's Adam true. has ridiculed me both publicly as in just on the podcast and privately in our group chat <laughs> then like Branstrom sucks he is not an nhl defender like oh Branstrom's the biggest issue on the blue line and i'm like i didn't even say anything because at this point i had i'm not even gonna like lie to you guys i had almost given up hope i was like it's his last chance yeah but, hey like he's proving exactly what i was hoping and thinking for the last two three years since we got him Yep, that's true. I, I last last <laughs> year, like and all through the summer, I did not want Branstrom to play on the test. I did not want it. I was like, this guy is useless. Like we do not need Eric Branstrom. But holy frig, he looks like a whole different player this year. He is like ripping up the ice. His rushes have been unreal. He is excellent, and I think. I don't know. Like he's on his one year, right? Like this is his one year contract, his one year prove it deal. Like uh, if he can play like this all the time, why not keep him around? Like hundred percent, I'd keep him around. Uh, but yes, Branstrom has been excellent. And do we think? So he, what's the? So he, has he, he hasn't played on the power player yet, right? Like that's no. a that's been Sanderson. So Josh, I know you brought this, up, or maybe it was Louis, but one of you brought this up about Thomas Shabbat not should not be the quarterback of the power play and it should be a Brandstrom and a Sanderson who someone said yes. that um, we all said I think it, said that I think. last year okay yeah. what do we do are we doubling down on that yes I think I'm, yeah I don't think I'm like like I don't think swapping them is what what would make the biggest difference I think you're what like you watch and their biggest issue is I feel like they're not moving enough like they just stand there yes. and pass it mm-hmm. and rip it across I don't think Brandstrom from what I remember last year was doing much to change that anyways. Like, I don't think he was moving side to side, opening up the ice either. I think it's more of just like in practice, tell them to move more instead of standing yeah. and waiting for Debrinket to be open. Like yesterday we were at the game. I mean, Dallas's power play looked terrible too. They were like, yeah. they couldn't even enter the zone, but like we were watching and our section, it was really funny. Everyone was yelling shoot. And then people were making fun of the people yelling shoot by yelling pass. Or whatever, like it, it was funny, but there were times where Giroux literally just took a clapper across the ice to try and see if it would just land on the brink of the stick. And it's like that's not going to work over a full eighty-two games. You have to move up and down, side to side. You can't just stand there and then wait for a, a, a mistake because it's not going to happen when you're just in one spot. So I don't think it's as much about the quarterback. It's about like actually moving and getting to the net faster. I will say too, like, and yes, that that is the the bigger problem. 
But the thing that I was able to notice, and I'm, I'm sure you have to, is with Brandstrom, at least on the power play, he's able to draw in like the top forward usually uh, from the, the defending PK team a lot more, which would at least give more room and space or uh, room and time for the other forwards to you know work with and maybe get actual one t's going instead of you know staying there waiting for them so maybe that'll improve it but you're right that's there's there's bigger things that we need to change beforehand yeah i also think another thing that shabbat would have on brandstrom is he's just a lot better at like keeping pucks in right around the blue line sanderson i think is even better than both mm-hmm. like he the way like he's just able to hold pucks in at the line whether it's like on a rim or just um, like, you know, knocking it down. I think that's one of Brandstrom's, that would be his issue on the power play, whereas Shabbat's pretty good at that. The same possession's pretty important, so. You did bring up briefly Alex Brinkett, who has one goal this year on a not goalie. Uh, are we worried about this, or is it fine? No. <laughs> I'm I, not worried, no. but I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't score, like, 35 or whatever the expectation was, just because he has a lot of shots, but it doesn't feel like a lot of them are as dangerous as they should be. Like, I think he has like one goal on like 27 shots, which no matter where you shoot from, unless you're a D man is probably not sustainable. But I also don't feel like he should be shooting 15% like his career average. Cause I think he's taking a lot of bad angle shots, which may just be to try and break out of his slump, but he's obviously not going to shoot 3% all year. Yeah. Speaking of players who have impressed early on, uh, how about Captain Brady there, who was the, named the NHL second star of the week last week for, I believe he has, what, like eight points? He had eight points in five games or something like that. And he's he's been on a very nice points tear here to start Ten the and season. Six. That's ridiculous. Ten and six is pretty good. With like, five goals. Like, uh, yeah, geez. and they've been like somewhat real goals, some of them. I mean, the one against uh, Dallas the other night was certainly a goal. Um, I don't know how it went in, but the, the point is Brady is generating and he's around the net and he's, he's getting points and he's getting goals and he looks great. Uh, that's nice to see, isn't it? Do we, do we have any thoughts on Brady's early season nice point total? He's just been so much more efficient, like in all aspects. Like obviously the, the main thing that jumps out is his finishing, finally being able to convert into goals. Because, like, as we've seen, like, everyone's on Twitter. We we see the, oh, Brady's finishing is, like, 2%, blah, 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 right? But this year, it's through the roof. Like, it's probably, I think it's around, like, 95th percentile or something crazy. But it's not only that. It's also the fact that he's able to generate chances off transition way more often. Like, he's able to actually just convert zone entries into, you know, he's he's basically got, like, big gold big rig from... NHL 23 activated and just drives to the net yes. and actually gives chances instead of dumping it in or being forced to the outside, which is nice. We we should really do this where we apply an X factor to the sends all the sends. You want to you want to do that one episode? Make a build and he shall build for every player. Yeah, I, our, I swear our audience will love it, man. They, all all <laughs> two people will understand. It's... Think how good Aaron would be at editing this, man. It, like he knows he would have that down pat. That'd be a great TikTok. Sure. Um, but yes, the point is Brady has been playing very well. He's been very strong, and he's leading by example as the captain, which is a great that speaking that he has true. He's born leader on Brady. 
Um, sorry, silverborn leader though. Silver, silverborn leader. Yeah, his main is is big. He has he elite edges on. That's what no, we're he does. <laughs> we have no. We have to give him that so that he improves that, and then he'll be unstoppable. He'll be a hundred point player with elite edges. Just give him unstoppable force and move on. Play to his strengths, and then yeah. just whatever. Throw truculence on there. Why not? Yeah. Brady, what did I say, Liz? Brady Katruk in our. Uh, oh, yeah. Brady Katruk. Yeah. You see, good. when Adam does puns, apparently it's fine. But when I do them. I do puns. I, oh, no, no. I do puns. No, that one was good. decent. That one was decent. That, I do puns I know, that are good. And Louis, you do puns that are terrible. But so, that's the point, though. They're, they're so bad. Give it a rest. You got to retire. Um, Brady Katruk has been very good. And we'll see how long he can keep it going. Second start of the week. Um, vibes are good, man. I think that's the point. Like everyone is, everyone's playing, you know, for their standards, everyone's playing well and everyone's happy. Everyone's having a good time. They're scoring a lot of goals. Um, we would like to quickly shout out Magnus Helberg for an excellent debut with the Sens against Dallas and seems like a great guy. Watch his interview after the game. He's just happy to be there and, and everyone is really behind and his him. nickname. You see his nickname? No, no, Chomper. Chomper. Yeah. What? I, I believe it is because of his teeth. Chomper. How, where? Who gave him that? Where'd you see that? Uh, in the chain video, um, Castle called him Chompo, but then at the end you hear Kachuk yelling like, "Yeah, Chomper." <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. And I, like, um, I think it's because you you see the video of him smiling, and his teeth are very straight and very white, but they they're also like big. So I think it's just because because of that. They call him Chomper. Funny. I, I, I didn't know down. that. That's a good nickname. Chomper. I like that. I just I've just yeah. been seeing on Twitter everyone's like saying he like raised a little hell. His name's Helper, which is Yeah, well that's the song they played after. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, that's the one that thing. The Sens might not have goal songs for each player, but they have like three star songs best, for each yeah, of them. That's the next best thing. Yeah. But yeah, shout out Magus Helberg. We'll see what happens with him. Uh when Forsberg comes back and when Cam Talbot comes back. Is it's pretty well, likely he'll go on. We already set down uh, Mandalays, right? Yeah. So exactly. Forsberg is so pretty Forsberg much back. back. Um, but a very nice little piece of Sens season history for for Magnus Helberg. Magnus Helberg is also, I believe, he's the first goalie ever to win his first three games with three different teams. That's yeah. a fun fact. Detroit and the Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. So he's making the rounds. Um, Magnus Helberg, early. I don't want to say fan favorite, but he's a very likable guy. Magnus Helberg. Agreed. Um, so shout out Magnus Helberg. Before we move on to a, a nonsense topic here, uh, Louis and I, I and Josh were all at the Arizona game, which was the October best game. And it was fun. And, and we got the funky hats, the red hats, which were awesome. Uh, there was a nice little, there was some like, you know, German folk dancing going on in the intermission. It was a great time. And, and they were playing the Arizona Coyotes who have they certainly have a collection of players on their roster uh i can't confirm this and one of those players is everyone's favorite former ottawa senator joshua brown who plays on their first pair with shane gostas bear wait uh, he's on the first pair i believe he is on the first oh pair. my god josh you were saying this right he's on the first pair with shane yes with gostas bear yeah that's the, that's the so josh that's brown has finally found his home a career year upcoming for josh brown with the coyotes and in perfect Senators fashion, Josh, Josh Brown received a tribute video. It doesn't even matter how long this was. But Josh Brown, who scored zero goals with the Sens and had three assists or something, 
scored or got a tribute video. And it was like it was like 40 seconds long. It wasn't just like a one clip and then a thank you. It was like a, it was like they put music and stuff behind it. It was just him like hitting people and losing fights and a couple of like funny pans or whatever. And then and then Jonathan Tragic goes, Oh, welcome back, you know, like Josh Brown. And no one clapped. <laughs> like no one knew even know who this guy was. It's like, okay. And then he didn't even give him a wave. He was just like looked up and he was like, all right, that's the video for me. Um so we put out a poll on the Zoomcast Twitter of how long will the we, we I, I so I tweeted this I will say this I tweeted this and I did it like ironically like I was like he's not getting a tribute video like let's just post this it'll be funny and overwhelmingly the top response was non-existent like how long will the Josh Tri- Brown tribute video be and the top answer was non-existent so you guys who voted are all stupid because the right answer was like thirty seconds. What do we think about Josh Brown getting a 30-second tribute video for his return to Ottawa? Honestly, I, I think, it. yeah, it's been played out. But you know what it sets up more importantly? Um, it sets up an Eric Goodbranson tribute video when he comes back. That's what have I just we, thought of. Have we gotten? But yeah, he's played here, though. Because, yeah, I think, has, has he? With, with Calgary oh, last year, surely. Were there fans? Oh, in the stands. oh yes, there was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did he get it? it was it more it than five hundred? No, no, it was during. Um, it was during the the stretch where like Sokolov was up and all that stuff. Because and Lassie was up and JBD was up because it was mid November when COVID was hitting us hard. Oh, but there were still fans. Just the team was very ravaged. Did they give him a video? Yeah. I have no idea. Sure. Well, that sucks did. because I want Probably. to bring up his stats so far this year. Oh, they're so. Bad. Uh, which are remarkable. Let it be like make sure everyone remembers he signed a four-year, sixteen million dollar contract in the offseason. Here are his stats so far in terms of like shot attempts and stuff. Um <clears throat> they have allowed 138 shot attempts when he's on the ice, and they only have 72. That's about a third of the shot attempts are for his team. His share of expected goals is 24%, meaning you know he'd be on scored uh, basically three to one whenever he's on the ice. And um, they've allowed eight goals when he's on and scored zero, which is truly remarkable. That means he is a negative eight with zero uh, zero goals for. So, so I just want to give, give Branson our, our own video tribute, but it's more like an audio tribute um, to the fact that a good old Ottawa boy has managed to find $16 million to do that for the next four years. Hey, big, big congrats to our man, Eric Goodbranson. That was a very nice audio tribute from Josh, who was Goodbranson's biggest fan when he was in Ottawa, by the way. I was, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, most of my attention was to Josh Brown, but... It's hard, you know, when they're both out there, it's hard to just yeah. focus on one. Um, yeah. But yes, every Ottawa center's good defenseman is receiving tributes this week, apparently. Uh, Josh Brown, video tribute, Eric Goodbranson gets a nice shout-out from us. So the point is, Josh Brown, you were so good here and everyone loved you, and please never come back. Uh, league news, the reverse retros, the new reverse retro jerseys dropped last week. They, they are very, a lot of them are, what would you say? I said they dropped and flopped. Yeah, so there you go. I was going to say a very polarizing mix of reviews for a lot of the jerseys. Um, we'll start with the Ottawa one, I guess, and then we'll run through the highlights. The Ottawa one, I think it is mid. I'm going to say it. I think it's mid. I don't think it's very good. I'm, I think I like the numbers and I like 
the that obnoxiously the large numbers. Yeah, I think that's funny. And I like the Senegoth on the shoulder. I think it's hilarious they brought that back. But after that, it's just like the same. Like, it's stu- that's a stupid jersey. You that. literally have the Senegoth on the jersey. Why isn't it the main crest? Thank you. Yeah. And like this little, like this little swoosh, you didn't do that right. It also cuts off the seam. Like it doesn't even yes. go all the way around. That's stupid. And it's just like my, my biggest problem, I think, is you have a black jersey. Your home jersey is a black jersey. Why are you getting another black jersey? Give it a different color. Do something else. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't mind that it's also a black jersey, but the fact that you literally, it's a black jersey with the same logo and barely any ch- changes, like you literally just yeah, have the yeah. two lines. Like yeah, I, yeah. if you're going to have the two lines and maybe it doesn't, maybe it looks even worse, but whatever. Get like a color between, make it gold between the two, yes. the two yeah. lines and put or the center white. on yeah. top of that. Or white. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it might look uglier, but... It's so I similar already to what we have. I, I, they would never have done it, but I wanted to see a, a, an SNES Sens uh, reverse retro. I, I wanted that. the Senegoth with like the gold laurels on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, they never put gold on any jerseys anymore. Yeah, what's that? Should... That's our third color or fourth, I guess. Oh, maybe they're just saving it for some big ultimate drop. But anyway. Uh, so and the we, Sens- were, we were talking... Adam, yeah. we were we went to the game. To, I mean, we were there with Louis. We walked to the game together on Sunday against Arizona. We were just talking about how many different jerseys the Sens have yes. put out over the years, and how much this has caused. You know, just nobody. You won't find two identical jerseys. I mean, you you okay, you will. You'll find like fits the home jerseys or whatever, but you will find like probably like ten different style of Sens jerseys with countless different names on the back. It doesn't help how the ins and outs of you know the amount of players that have gone in and out of the team but like seriously i think i I could probably think of a dozen different jerseys that multiple people were wearing it was was ridiculous it's just a whole mismatch of of stuff you know what do you have let's let's go over it you have the the current home and aways yeah and the reverse retro from last year so that's three the home and aways before that with the 3d logo yep and then we'll stay Sense. recently. You have the, Sense. the uh, sorry, yeah. So we'll do SNES. You have the Heritage Classic. That's seven against Montreal. You have the one against Vancouver. Eight. You had oh, there was a St. Patty's Day one. What? Yeah, it was St. Patty's. Look, that's a, that's just one. a warm up one though. Yeah, warm up doesn't count. Warm up doesn't count. Doesn't that, count. that goes okay, to the hockey fans. So we're not gonna like... count All Star jersey either. No, we're not gonna count All Star no. jersey. Okay, no, but I you also have Senegal the black jersey or two. Okay. There's, uh, yeah, there's the black O, yeah. Senegal. That's 10 already. You have, yeah. uh, there must be more, surely. I mean, there there's be... the old versions of the current ones we have. I'm going to, no, I don't, those are the same. I won't count those. Mm, they're, they're very similar. It's like you can you, barely okay, count. Well, we also can count the one that just came out because people are about okay, to Okay, 11, sure. The new reverse retro. That, so, that's 11. And we're not counting the St. Patties. We're not counting the All Stars. Well, those aren't jerseys. Those, those don't count. <laughs> which are funny. Yeah. And, and so it's just a lot, right? And I guess the only wear. one that you could conceivably count is like the Peace Tower, like original Ottawa logo, which was never really a thing. But we I just got we cool. just got a revised version of that, like back I know, into the that should have been the reverse. That should have been the reverse. Uh, yeah, well, but anyway, the point is the Sens have, have, have used eleven jerseys in thirty years. That seems like a lot of jerseys in in uh, in that period of time. But we'll move we'll move to there. There were other reverse retro drops. Every team. Did get a reverse retro jersey. Uh, Josh has been kind enough to post it in the planner for that us. That was me. That was or me. Louis sure. No, it was me. It was me. Josh, you <laughs> you you're welcome. Any credit here. Uh, we're looking at these. Uh, I'm. Let's okay. 
highlights and lowlights. Let's do lowlights first. I think Detroit and Chicago. Detroit, yeah, I was about Chicago to say the same thing. So They're twinning. Yeah, they are awful. That was just the, the they, Sharks. They want to make one. They were just like, yeah, the, the Sharks one sucks. I think the Flyers I understand the idea. Is, the Flyers one is bad. It's just their jersey. The Columbus one looks oh, yes. like an All Star jersey. Yeah, Columbus is my bad. least favorite. It, it's very bad. Do you guys like what Tampa did? That's been a polarizing one. It, you can't see it like on the it. picture. That we I have, wouldn't say it's great or terribly. But the, yeah, on the but on oh, the back on the back, like I I go look up a picture because on the back I've seen it. Yeah, it's it's like they have like claw marks or something, and like uh, there's just, Isn't well, it a lot just of lightning bolts. Over. Yeah, or yeah, that. But I anyway. think I think the Bruin, like the the bear on the Bruin jersey, looks really funny. If like we go back to our, our mascot ranking about them not looking <laughs> intimidating, same thing on the jersey. Yeah. I go up if, if I was in the NHL and I was taking a draw against that jersey, I would not feel intimidated. No, I wouldn't. Feel it just looks funny. Either. It looks pretty funny. Um, but there were some really good ones. I hate to admit it, but the Habs one is really good. The Habs I one like is good. it at least. I, do you the, like the Panthers one is the best. Yeah, yeah. that's the best one. I yeah, I like Florida too. And here's what I'll say I think Calgary, Calgary's Calgary would have been sucks. top three if it. that little thing in the middle was gone yeah the line that's going up it's an old jersey thing they had on old jerseys but they made it worse and it just wasn't good in the first place so why do it again yeah i I honestly love that jersey without that yeah the the king's one i really like yeah i mean you can never go wrong with that logo i i love the arizona one i do too yeah i think it's freaking they got they got something going for them yeah I, think, extra points, I can't believe we have not touched on the fisherman coming back, yeah. which I think is awesome. Uh, and <laughs> the the Capitals one is fire. Good. I think. Yeah, that's a great that jersey. Elite. Yeah. I like the Penguins. It's not bad. I like the, 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 old, the Penguins brought back the old logo. I think that one looks slick. And and you know what I will say? You know what I'll think? I, I think two, there's two more that I want to shout out. I think the Vegas one looks cool. And I think it's, it it's also, grown on me. It has it's grown on me, and apparently it glows in the dark. I don't know how that would help you in a game. There's like stars but, that pop up inside yeah, the sure. only the letters. Only the Adidas one, though. Okay. Not the uh, what's the other? Who's fanatic? Yeah, who's surprised that the fanatics one is awful? No shit. Yeah. Like <laughs> uh, the Vegas one is good, and I like the Colorado jersey. I think it's slick. I think that is simple done right. The Colorado one. So that those yeah, are my shoutouts, I'd say, for reverse retro. I love how the Leafs decided to do the same thing that they usually do and make a jersey that looks pretty much almost the exact same to all the ones they already have because they have no <laughs> yeah. retros to reverse. <laughs> yeah. Because that's, see, but that's the, the difference between Toronto and Ottawa. You go to a Leafs game, people might be wearing diff, quote unquote different Leafs jerseys, but they all look the same. So no yeah. one can tell. But when you go to a Sens game, it's like there's a billion freaking jerseys there. Like they're all different colors and different styles and everything. So anyway. Um, yeah. Any other shout-outs? I, the Sharks one. What do you think about that? I like the Minnesota one. I don't. We, talk, the, we already the, the already Minnesota said that Subway, like the one. pretty much. Minnesota, like, yeah, like it's, it's it's like the home version of their last reverse retro, right? Because I think it was a yes, white, it was white. color their last. Yeah. 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 And yeah. To touch oh, okay. On the I one, I think people disagree with me on this, but I really like the Nashville one. I do too. I do too. I think that logo's freaking sick. I, I think it's I, awesome. I think it's there. Like, it's fine. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not going to okay, be like, oh, enough. this is awesome. I'm just going to... Yeah. It's existing. I think the logo's Where, sick. I think they yeah. should use that logo. What were you more. saying about the Sharks one? I think it's... <laughs> I think they were trying to just... You know, it obviously it's just the the what is it the California Golden Seals throwback? Yeah, yeah. I think it's just kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, valid. There's nothing you could have done between sharks and seals. 
I feel like that could have been really funny. But no, you have to make the logo the there. Well, aside from yeah. bringing back the old California Golden Seals uh, logo, or like Oakland Seals, or all the stuff they had, I think this is the second best thing they could have done. And I know it might Fair not enough. look very yeah. good, but I, I find it funny. So that earns it. It's an for people who me. like that stuff, right? Like, yeah. you, it, it's for a targeted audience. So. Give me a home version of that. I want to see what that looks like. The assault of teal and yellow, like, please. I think that would look hilarious. Um, before we log off here, Louis, the uh, our, our resident 67s expert, I believe a shout out is due to the 67s who have started this OHL season nine and oh, that is a staggering start. Um, so bad. quickly, yeah, not bad. Uh, Louis, <laughs> okay. before we, we end the episode here, any any 67s shout outs, uh, or or uh, important information that you'd like to share? Uh, well. <laughs> I, I will say that I did not expect this weekend to still be undefeated, right? Uh, especially at at some point in every game. I don't know if they were losing against North Bay, but against Sault Ste. Marie, there was, if for anyone who didn't doesn't know this, it was a 15-round shootout yeah. where no one scored until the 30th shooter. And it was Gavin Ewells who slotted in as the seventh defenseman only because we had traded away Thomas Johnson and ended up rolling 11-7. and seven. <laughs> And this guy scores in the 15th round. Like the guys like Rohrer, Pennelli, Beck, Tolnai, Tolnai, who's actually not bad on like breakaways and shootouts. As long as there's, if there's no one directly pressuring him, he's decent. But as soon as there's some sort of possible contact, he can't finish on any chance. But anyway, I, I digress. It's, it was definitely interesting. And they were down three nothing against Sudbury. Colin McKenzie came in and decided to pop off like he did the night before, and they won 5 3. So listen, it's been an incredible year so far. If you haven't, Go to some games. They're playing Peterborough Friday night, I think, to try to make yep. it 10-0. Uh, I don't know if it's like this every Friday, but usually they have like $5 beers and Mike's Hard Lemonades throughout the game. So, Yeah, go, go to a 67s game. Um, they're fun. You can bring the whole family. It's a, it, And the team is playing for the well. They are working, they're currently ranked fifth in the CHL power rankings. They're fifth. Oh, in the did those world. come out today? Yeah, and they, the Ottawa 67s are fifth that is the top ohl team so uh so get behind the boys here they're they're playing well um and we will continue to to bring you some weekly or bi-weekly 67s updates oh uh, before we finish with 67s watch out for henry muse this kid's ridiculous he's the defenseman that they got right drafted him seventh overall somehow he fell to seven i don't know how but he's exactly what we've been missing and he's on like a five did he get a point event I think he got a point against Sudbury. I think he's on like a six-game point streak now. Like he might be a little behind in terms of like physical skills and toolkit. Like he could get better acceleration, but he is so smart. And watching him evolve throughout the year is going to be great. With that, we will end the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. Um, keep watching those sends, man. They're they're getting there. They're they're starting something. And uh, we'll keep following them throughout the years. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Take care, everybody. Bye.